right, good evening. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS This Is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast, and this is episode 297. This is a show, show uh, excuse me, where we can share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash PS This Is Awesome. If you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PlayStation Network, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01. As always... You can write the show, awesome at gmail.com. And most importantly, don't forget to share this show with your friends and be sure to leave comments and rate the podcast as you see fit. And as a reminder, we're a video podcast, so you can watch the show on our YouTube channel, so make sure you're subscribed to that. And for new and or long-time listeners, we have a Patreon. You can support the show at a $1 level in the Patreon tier. It's called the One Only $1 Club. Head over to patreon.com. Slash PS, this is awesome. We become a $1 patron and get a free die cut vinyl sticker in the mail and a shout out on the show. And usually you get the episodes a little early. We are airing these on Wednesday now on your preferred streaming platform and on YouTube. But if you are a Patreon subscriber or a patron of the show, you can get the episodes typically a couple days early. Jake, with out of the way, how are you doing today? Um, I'm tired, but you you seem really quiet on my end. I don't know if it's quiet, uh, re- recording quiet, or if it's just the coming through the Discord. But weird, yeah. It's I can like I can't hear you very well. I mean, I can hear you, but yeah, I'm looking at the levels, and the levels look right. I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else to do. Check one two. Jake and I, we just we just roll, plug in, and we click go. Because yeah, you're probably about a third as quiet as you normally are. That's really weird. So I don't I don't know why that would be. Um, yeah, I haven't changed anything on my end. All right, I I just boosted it on my side. I'm sure it's fine for the recording. Yeah, the meters look good. Um, okay, yeah, I uh, I'm tired. I was up at four yesterday morning wow and i was at the track all day because it was the last day of the year for uh road bikes so i was at the track and then basically drove the track is like maybe 20 minutes north north west of pittsburgh and i drove all the way home at five, so I, I finished up at five, drove all the way home, which is about an hour and ten minutes for me, um, and then literally pulled into my driveway, put my bike in the barn, uh, went inside, took a shower, got in the car, drove back to Pittsburgh for a concert, hmm. and then literally just made it in time, like within like ten minutes of the the main band starting. And then I uh, got in the car and came home, got home at like almost one. So I'm a little white. This was yesterday. But yeah, yeah. But I, so I like, I kind of slept in this morning. I don't think I got out of bed till nine o'clock. But uh, other than that, I mean, it was a good day. It was beautiful. It was a little chilly, but um, all in all, pretty good, I guess. We're like in getting into peak fall here yeah yeah we are we are getting into peak fall what band did you go see uh we went to see thrice oh yeah very good 
Um, they were really good. I, I honestly, I've never seen them live before, and I'm not honestly even like the biggest Thrice fan in the world. Yeah, but I've always liked what I've heard, and they uh, this is like their. 20th anniversary tour for their album The Artist in the Ambulance, mm. which came out in 2003, which was like... Is that Vagrant Records? Huge. What's that? Was that on Vagrant? Uh, I don't remember, if I'm being honest with you. Might have been but it was huge whenever I was in high school. So, um, I was like really intimately familiar with that album. So even though like I'm not a huge Thrice fan, I've always been a really big fan of that album in particular, and they played it from front to back. So it was cool to just go down and like, oh well, you know, just a. I've been trying to like be a little bit more in tune with music and take advantage of opportunities to see bands that I might want to see before they break up or or something happens because a lot of my a lot of my favorite musicians are really old Mm. so starting to see them like die and pass away or like you know quit playing music or quit touring and it's like oh i never got a chance to see them so like if there's ever a band that like i might think i want to have a chance to see i'm trying to go out of my way to do it even though even though like i was like the whole drive home yesterday from the track i was like maybe i just won't go mm-hmm. maybe i just won't go i'm really tired like i don't want to go because then we had to like literally turn around and rush down there right. and it was raining and but i'm really glad i went the show was really good they're an awesome live band they just they they do that we went we were at the the roxian mm, that's a great pittsburgh music venue and I've heard people say that the sound isn't good, but it was awesome. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. Yeah. We Every were, time, uh, I've only been there once. I saw the Menzingers there and it was fantastic. I yeah. We were, um, we were like first. Yeah. Okay. I did. Uh, I got in for we free. Were, I got on the guest list. I knew their tour bus uh, driver. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know the band, but. Um, we were uh, like one row back from the front on the balcony. Mm. So like, that's the one thing that I have kind of, uh, I've kind of dictated as part of my concert going process anymore is that like, I just can't do general admission anymore. Yeah. I just can't, yeah. I can't fucking stand that whole time. I got to piss. I don't want to lose my spot. Like all this other crap. I'm like, I, I just, I don't have the mustard for it anymore. So um, I usually will pay a little bit extra money just to get an assigned seat if it's available. And, uh, it was worth it. Um, especially like, cause I was so tired. Like I did not having to stand the whole freaking mm-hmm. time was great. And, um, that venue they have, like, if you're up there on the balcony, they have like QR codes that you can scan them with your phone and it brings up a menu and they can like, they'll just bring you drinks and shit for free, which right? is really cool. Cause they, what's that for free? I don't know if I, I mean, I didn't partake, so I don't know if it, they charge a fee or not, but there's a bar up there and they just like That's bring cool. them out to you. But I, uh, yeah, I was surprised like being up there, like in the balcony, like basically right in the center, you're about level, um, with the PA and, uh, the sound was perfect. Yeah. It was, it was really impressive, honestly. I mean, I typically anymore wear earplugs in some capacity when I go to concerts, mm-hmm. And that might have helped a little bit. 
it's one of those things where like I would prefer to not wear earplugs, but I just can't handle how much my ears hurt and they're ringing after the show and oh, like yeah. it makes you so much more tired and so like I just wear earplugs and you do lose some of that energy and everything when you wear earplugs, but um I don't know. I want to be able to hear when I'm older. Yeah. So. Right. Especially with all the music we make too. I I uh if you I would recommend if you haven't caught a show at the new Thunderbird Cafe in Pittsburgh. It's absolutely amazing and they have they have seats as well in a balcony section. And I've seen John Moreland there and I've seen com- or, uh, uh country westerns there. Now, Thunderbird Cafe. The Thunderbird Cafe. It is it's awesome. I feel like I've heard of it. You this. walk into the I've first you it. walk into it and then it's just like your regular bar with like a little mini stage. You're like this is it. This is weird. There's no I'm like there's no way John Moreland's playing here. This place is way too small. And then they're like, "Oh no. There there's more in the back." So you you go past the stage on the right there's this little alley. Like this little little aisle rather. And there's someone there checking tickets and you go back in and they open the door and you walk down a flight of steps. So you're already on street level and then you go back and you go down a set of steps and there's still two more levels below you. They dug out all of this ground and they built this awesome amphitheater inside the shitty bar, like in the back. It's like one of the coolest things. And then the balcony seats are like the level that you walk down to the first level and then, like, they don't let you go there if you don't have the special ticket. You just keep walking down, and then you're on, like, floor level. And you're like, this place is beautiful, and the sound is awesome. Um, it's, called, that's a, it's called Thunderbird. That's really cool. It's, I, the one thing yeah. that – I'll have to check that out. I, I was just looking at their website. I don't know literally any of these bands that are playing here. But I uh, – um, the one thing that I will say about the Roxian that I don't like is the common areas are really cramped. Mm. Like the actual venue space where you're sitting and you're standing to watch the music and stuff is not too bad. But they have like that weird like hallway and staircase into the basement. Like if you have to use the bathroom or like – and it just is a little bit of a clusterfuck in that regard. Mm-hmm. But – um and I didn't realize this until we got upstairs, but the balcony section has their own bathroom and bar and everything like that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's cool, man. I, I, I like when new venues pop up and they're, they're not just like shitholes, but like really nice places. Yeah, dude, I'm looking um, at the lineup for Thunderbird and you're a hundred percent right. Like I think the only band on here I've heard so far of is called skinny Lister. But they usually have a lot of like indie bands, but that are like really fucking good music. But I will say, when I saw Country Westerns, they opened for a band that I know people have heard of, and I can't remember their name off the top of my head. Um, but uh, I didn't really enjoy their set at all, so I left after Country Westerns playing. But then, but this place is awesome, and uh, oh, I saw Lucero there also. I think Lucero played. At uh, <clears throat> this place, um, it's a rocking venue, dude. Pun intended. It's it's fantastic. But yeah, you gotta nice. make sure you catch someone you like. Interesting. Well, I've got one quick story, and then we'll get into games we're playing. Uh, the story is, well, I talked briefly about getting a new Halloween mask. So I got this Halloween mask, Michael Myers. Um, and I got the Trick or Treat to, Trick or Treat Studios version of Halloween Ends, which is like Jason's like living in the sewer. Not Jason, Jesus. Michael's living in the sewer, and he has uh, you know a little bit of mold on his mask, 
and half of it's already like burn up and stuff. So it's a really creepy, just intrinsically scary looking version of Michael Myers mask. So I got this mask. I ordered it online because I already have the overalls and the knife and the boots. And, uh, you know, if I wanted to get another set of overalls, I could. And I could, like, put burn marks on it. So I'm not going to do that. I don't care that much to do that. People don't care uh, around my neighborhood how accurate it is. But it's going to be awesome. And I get the mask in the mail and I put it on. And I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. And I clipped the little hangy thing because, like, you know, the mask on the top, they have those two little things. And then it has, like, the thing where they hook, hit it on a hook. So I clipped those off, pulled the itchy, hard plastic strands through the bottom of the mask, and uh, I was good. And then I started looking at it. And I'm like, the insides of the eyes, like where their eyes meet your nose, like that recessed area. Everyone talks about Michael Myers and his eyes are like the personification of evil because they're all sunken in. You can't really see his eyes. Well, the, on this mask, when they pressed it, and I didn't realize it before I took the tag thing off, because um, I was so excited to put it on. Clip, put it on. Okay, yeah, this is awesome. Michael Myers. And I'm like, what the fuck's up with these these eyes? So the, the eyes here, like when I guess when they make these latex, latex masks, they probably apply heat and put it on a press to get the right shape or something. But the insides of the eyes were like this. <laughs> they were popped out. And I could push the one in, but the other one would stay jolted out. So like, it looked really fucking bad. And I was like, those Trick or Treat Studio masks are movie accurate. And they're actually taken from the molds usually that they use to make the mask of the movie. So it was like $80. And I'm like, you know, I love Halloween. It's my season. I will treat myself to a good Michael Myers mask just so I can have it. And uh, it sits in my attic for, you know, 11 months out of the year. And then around October 2nd or 3rd, I start wearing around the house. It's really fun because it looks so real and awesome. But anyways, this one sucks. So I'm like, what do I do? So I started looking at their return policy because I got it from Spirit of Halloween, but it's a Trick or Treat Studios mask. And they're like, you can return anything so long as it's not opened and it's still resellable, meaning you haven't broken any seals and we can just sell it again. And we also do exchanges that way. And I'm like, fuck, I clipped the thing off the top. Like, are they going to take this back? So I try to call Spirit of Halloween. And there's two stores in Erie, Pennsylvania. Tried to call, and it just says, we're not taking calls. So I'm like, now I have to take this match to Erie and ask if they will do an exchange. And they're going to like they're gonna look at the mask and be like, there's nothing wrong with it. But I'm going to be like, yeah, but look how the eyes like popped out. Like just, you know, the eye holes are cut out, but the inside part is like bent weird, and it doesn't look right. So anyways, I drive up there, and uh, I show her the mask, and I'm 100% sure they're going to turn me away. And be like, dude, you cut the fucking hanger thing off this. We can't take it back. So I just play it cool. I work my my magic. I say, hey, I say, hey, I ordered this online. I got like the order number and stuff. If you look at the inside of the eye here, like it's kind of popped out. It's not the way it's supposed to look. And she goes, oh yeah, that does look kind of weird. So I'm like, got her. And and I go, can I just reply? I'm not even asking for my money back. I just want to swap it out with one that looks right. And she goes, if you can find one here, she goes, usually we don't usually carry a lot of those, um, if any. So I found it, and they had one, and it was preem. It was perfect. So I got my exchange, dude. And it couldn't have been better, but they made it about as difficult as possible to contact them to get it exchanged, which kind of sucked. That's my story. So I'm ready for Halloween. (laughs) Well, what did you learn? Don't order shit online, right? I don't know. 
I, what is the, what's the, what's, what do I learn there? I mean, like, it's just like, I guess don't cut the tags off until I'm 100% satisfied. I, yeah. I don't know, dude, but my boy, it would have mattered. I mean, if you, you would have had to go up there anyway, probably. Yeah. Dude, those stores are like, they're like, they're seasonal. Like, I, they probably run on like a skeleton crew. There's probably like nobody actually giving a shit about customer service at all, other than the people in the stores. Yeah, they do have a smart return policy. Like you can't return stuff after lock, like October 24th. Like so you can't get a Halloween thing on the 23rd, go wear it for Halloween and take it back on like you know November 3rd or something. Like you know, yeah. if you buy anything before Halloween, um, you got to return it by like the 24th of October or else they're not accepting it, which is a really interesting return policy. Cause like, what if you do buy something that's fucked and, uh, cause you're rushing last minute. What if that mask would have come on like October 29th? They'd have been like, whoops, sorry. Can't return it. I'd be like, fuck that. I'd be so, yeah, it's wild. It's weird. Anyways, dude, let's talk about some video games. That's really my only story. Um, Oh no, 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 no. I got, I got to announce the walls video is out. So one of my land, we have our video out. So uh, the one I've been talking about, the one we shot, it's on YouTube. YouTube.com slash land, I believe, or at, like the at, that YouTube does this thing now. So it's YouTube.com slash at symbol land. You'll see the Walls video. It's the first single from a record if, if the listeners are interested in what our band sounds like. And you want to see me get pelted with all kinds of shit in slow motion. Um, go watch that. Give it a listen. Leave a comment. Keep that in the algorithm. So... We did pretty well. The album's pre-order now. It's up for pre-order. And, uh, you know, this, we, we have the CDs in hand, but we're not mailing them out. Um, we're going to mail everything out at the same time. Uh, the vinyl should be here at the end of this month. So if you want to get in on the pre-order, show us some love, you can do that. But now we're going to talk about games that we're playing. So this may come as a surprise, Jake. I pulled the trigger on... Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty. And holy shit, it is awesome. Like, the story is fucking awesome. This this is better than Cyberpunk 2077. Hands down. The story is fucking awesome. Like, it's so fucking good. Like, I can't, can't even begin. Like, it, it's so much better than what I think people were talking about. Like, Idris Alba, fucking rad. Like, you're going in, you're trying to save the president. Sounds kind of weird. Like, how do you get involved with the fucking president? The way they do it, fucking rad. And uh, you're in this fucking straight-up uh, espionage spy thriller rolling through Dogtown, and Dogtown is like fucking Mad Max shit. Like, it's like uh, the cyberpunk, uh, police, I forget the night city police aren't even in really in control there. There's like a, like a faction called the bark Barkest or something. And like, they're, they're just like these militant people that try to keep order. <clears throat> but it dude, to even get into Dogtown the way they did, it was so clever, so fucking clever. And you told me like this DLC rolls out like earlier in the game. And I'm like, fuck, I'm, I tried to look up at what point, and uh, I'm, I'm past that in my new playthrough. And I'm just like, dude, I'm going to fucking download it and see how it integrates. And it fucking did. It integrated. And I got the phone call. I got this weird like thing that happened in Songbird, who's like the the, the net runner in uh, Phantom Liberty, just kind of 
gets a hold of me. And this is minor spoiler, but it's not really. She's just like, listen, I can save you, but I need your help. And you have fear, like, who the fuck are you? How are you getting through to me like this? And she's like, well, we'll talk about that later. I've, I, I can cure your situation. She's like, you've got the relic in your head, right? From Arasaka or whatever. And, and V's like, yeah, how the fuck do you know this? And she goes, there are greater powers out there than you understand. She goes, I can fucking cure you, but I need your help. <laughs> and it's like, fuck. And she's like, meet me at Dogtown. You're like, how the fuck am I getting to Dogtown? Like, V's like, I'm not... I- Everyone I've ever talked to said, don't fucking go there. It's like ruthless. I'm going to die if I go there. And she goes, don't worry. I'll help you out. And you fucking get into Dogtown and shit just fucking flies off the handle. It's so awesome. It's very cinematic. The voice acting, Jesus Christ, is 10 times better than the regular cyberpunk game, I think. The story, 10 times fucking better. The... Just everything about it, man. The environment, the scale of Dogtown, like, looks so awesome. I know the scale of Night City was uh, was good, but, like, just, uh, man, it's so fucking good. And then it opened up, like, this car-stealing shit. And, and I, know, I know that I complained, and I still have the same gripes about vehicle traversal in this game. Like, it's... I still don't think, like, the vehicle combat is good. But... And they just added that to patch 2.0, but... The dude, the fucking vehicle missions are fun now. Like they, one of the guys, one of your contacts, or one of the fixers, kind of employs you in a Grand Theft Auto kind of way to pick up cars for him. And there's all these cars that you can buy in Cyberpunk, but they cost so much money. But they're all really cool. Now they've introduced vehicles with weapons in a very kind of twisted metal Mad Max kind of thing that like you can buy these from from these terminals but they cost so much money so what you can do is go steal cars for this fixer and he gives you discounts on the vehicles and they stack so if you steal enough vehicles and and you beat the time limit or bring them back in good condition or whatever you can now afford like a $100,000 vehicle that has fucking you know cannons on it and like those work really well because you don't have to aim they auto lock like the missiles and stuff on those vehicles so it's really fucking cool but when you're actually shooting your gun out a window or something it's it's like grand theft auto it's like shitty it's like hard to control there's auto lock and stuff but the vehicle missions are at least there's a reason to do them because they give you discounts to buy cool vehicles dude the dialogue so far the side missions have been really good Fuck, man. Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty is so good. And uh, I was on Push Square, and they asked the the readers of their website to rate 1 through 10 what they thought of Phantom Liberty. And the overall consensus was like a 9. It's really fucking good. Um, if you haven't played it and you're on the fence, you have to get it. It's, oh, God. It's, it's very fucking good. That's all I got to say. Like, I haven't been this excited about something, like, in a while, video game-wise. And I wasn't excited even when they announced it. I know that Idris Alba trailer that they showed that was kind of all cinematic looked really cool. But I was like, you know, this is just going to be a bunch of weird side missions and maybe some, like, loosely riddled story storyline. But, dude, the story arc, when you get into it, it feels like a first-person shooter 
like with a very linear story for the first like two and a half hours. And it's just like the scripted fucking shit that happens. Like, and you're like, I'm, it reels you in. You're like fucking in. You're like, okay, this is insane. Like how it all, they lay it out like two hours or something of just like dialogue, relevant shit to the new mission. Why you're in Dogtown, the stakes of failing and how you have to succeed. They introduce new characters that you feel connected with all in like two hours, two, two and a half hours in the beginning. And then it opens Dogtown up a little bit and it's like, wow, this is fucking great. And you know, those main story missions for the DLC are going to be fucking top tier because they, they shown you what the, the amount of time they put into getting this, this right. And it's, it's so good. Like CD project red is such a, such a fucking weird studio, man. Like they have so much fucking talent, but then they roll out pieces of shit, and then like they always fix it on the back end, and then it's like top tier shit. If they would have just waited to release Cyberpunk as is, like now, they, they, I don't know. I mean, the game's selling like hotcakes again right now, but I mean, like maybe they're doing it right. I don't know. I, I don't know what the fuck they're doing, man. I. This game is fantastic. That's all I have to say about that. I, I'm just, I am uh, so happy with it. And it was 30 bucks. So happy with it. Oh, and what happened was I had Bubble Bobble um, 4 or whatever in my cart because it was on sale. I never I never bought it. So it went back up to 40 bucks. And um, I was on the Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty thing and it said, you can buy it now or add to cart. And I was just like, buy it now. But it charged me like $80 because I had Bubble Bobble in my cart and forgot. So it charged me for the item in my cart also. And I didn't want it for that amount of money. Fuck no. So then I was like, well, that's really sucks. And I'm like, I just spent like 80 bucks. And the first time I've ever bought something on accident on the PSN. Um, and I'm like, what the fuck do I do? So I went through customer support online. And you can return a digital purchase game. If you have the order number that they send to your email and they can pr- they can see whether or not you've downloaded the game. And I did. I knew not to download Bubble Bobble, so I didn't. And then I just wrote them and I gave them all my info through like they have like an online chat with like a real person. And uh, you give them your PSN user user ID and uh, they refunded the money already for Bubble Bobble, and they took it off my purchase list. So I got my 40-some dollars back for that game. So it was really easy. It was a little time-consuming because it's PlayStation support, but uh, it worked. And I, I feel like the person I was talking to was, like, really happy that I had my fucking shit in order. And I was like, yeah, I didn't download it. Here's the order number. This is what happened. I want to keep Cyberpunk. I don't want Bubble Bobble. And they're probably like, why the fuck is he getting Phantom Liberty and Bubble Bobble? That's such a weird like mix of games. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, so I had to get my first refund on the PSN and, and they were Sony support was great. So there's that. Jake, what are you playing? Or do you have any comments? Well, I the thing about Phantom Liberty is I think it looks interesting, but and I think it actually it sounds like it's really good. And I did really like my time with Cyberpunk, but I don't know if I could like you have to just start over. Like they completely retooled the game. They changed the skill tree. They changed everything. Even CD Projekt Red was like, you got to just start over. You don't have to. You don't they, have they want you to. to. Yeah. 
you don't have to, but they're like, you're like, it's, it's going to be a way better experience if you start from scratch. So as much as I have, my interest is peaked about Phantom Liberty. I don't know if I'll play it just because I don't know that I really want to start playing that game all over again. So, um, but I am glad that it's good doesn't seem like a lot of people are really talking about it, probably just because it came out between freaking Baldur's Gate and Starfield and all this other stuff that's going to carry way more mindshare. But um, a lot of people are saying that it's good. So I don't know. Maybe I, if I find some downtime, maybe I will give it a try. But I spent like 50 or 60 hours in Cyberpunk. I don't know if I really want to mm. you know, start that up all over again. Yeah. But we'll have to see. I don't know. Um, I'm losing steam a little bit with Starfield. I kind of want to try to get through the faction quest lines, but we'll have to see. I don't know. There's just so much stuff in the game that, like, there's so many systems in the game that I just, they don't give me a reason to care about them. And, like, I don't know. Like, I, it's not a bad game. It is good. I still really enjoy it, but... It's it's starting to lose its hooks in me because there's like I I'm starting to get to the point where I want to play other things, um, even like even like on just on the Xbox side like the new Forza game card racing game comes out which is like the Gran Turismo competitor right comes out this week and you know because it's on Game Pass I'm just kind of curious to check it out, um, but uh, yeah even like something like cyberpunk or, but mainly it's just, I want to play Alan Wake or Spider-Man. So I'm probably going to end up shelving Starfield here at some point. Mm -hmm. If I can't get through the, get through the stuff I want to get through in the next week or two. Um, but We'll have to see. I have nothing new to really say about it, though. Yeah, I will say this: I, they've already rolled out a patch for Phantom Liberty, and uh, I haven't played it since that came. It came out like a, like a day ago, two two days ago, maybe. But I did have the game crash on me twice now. Um, but it wasn't like it wasn't like jittery, like oh everything's like it. It was just like and it was like, do you want to report? And I'm like, yeah. So I will say. That's happened twice, but my opinion of this game has not changed because of that. And uh, to be fair, the, I'm playing. <laughs> you're going to kill me for this. I am playing it at 30 frames per second. Um, I've broken my brain to accept it, and it looks normal to me now. Um, so you get into these major firefights, and it's just like I think I broke the game once because there were just so many enemies on the screen at once. It just couldn't fucking handle it. And then the other time, it was like some sort of driving thing that happened um, that crashed it. But outside of that, I've been, play- I've been playing it a lot, and uh, I've had it crash on me twice. But it, sa- it saves often, so I didn't really lose any progress. So um, the save game features aren't broken or anything. It just rebooted it back up. And, you know, I always send that stuff. It's like, do you want to send a report, you know, to Sony and show, show them the video clip of what happened? And... 100% of the time I send it up. I'm like, yeah, just fucking take this clip, fix this shit. You know what I mean? I'm sure there are people who like... My guess, is, but my guess is most of the time when you do that, it's like that... Uh, 
It's like that meme of the printer and the paper goes directly into the paper shredder. <laughs> that's that's kind of what I imagine those things are. Actually Nobody like. looks at that just so, to make you feel so, better. So I never I never do it, but I I hope that they do because I think it's a useful tool, especially with like the video clip and everything that you can attach yeah, to it. I like, do it every time. But the thing is, like, I guess because my opinion is that. Sony's looking at that, not CD Projekt Red. Right, but they might route so, it to Project Red. You know, hey, you got an issue with your you game on our they're platform. they're really doing that, though? My guess Dude. is that it's probably like, they're probably looking at it and they're being like, is this a problem with the PlayStation backend? They're like, nope, throw it in the garbage. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, uh, and, and I'm, that's still a good thing. That's still a good thing. We need to have those those things kind of reported. But um, I... Uh, I guess I'm a little bit more cynical about that kind of thing than you. It's, but it's it's no effort. It's I just click OK and it sends it. No, no, it's it's a good feature to have for sure. I think so. Uh, like I'm I'm just telling myself why the fuck wouldn't I? Like it, all I got to do is click X and it just sends that shit automatic. It's already saved the video clip. You can even preview the video clip that you're sending that it ca- captured. And I did, and it was like seven seconds of like shoot him, get him. <laughs> And that was it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll fucking send that to him, whatever. Um, but anyways, let's talk about some listener feedback. Every show, we read questions, comments, concerns from our listeners. And today is no different. You can write us on our YouTube channel or you can write us on our Patreon, uh, which we prefer. But we don't get a whole lot of writers over there. But you can. And uh, the first up is Big Box. Five days ago, commented on last last episode or two episodes ago, says, "Brohemes, please assign a letter grade to the tenure of one Jim Big Daddy Ryan. Please, nothing below a B plus." As this news has devastated me, a toast to Games as a Service, gentlemen. A toast to Games as a Service. <laughs> Good to hear from you, Big Box. Um, this is kind of a tough one. Control. Yeah, he is out of control. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. And my initial response was like, well, "What grading system is this?" Because like when I went to school, it was ninety to one hundred was an A, eighty to eighty nine is a B, seventy to seventy nine is a C. But then I had friends who went to adjacent schools in the area, and like their grading was much harsher. It was like a ninety four and up yeah. was an A. Or something. That's how Segerton was. Yeah, it's some weird fucking skewed. Yeah, it was like ninety two or ninety three to one hundred was an A, and like I don't know, it was it was weird. But didn't uh, believe in the metric system, dude. It's just fucking A B C D. Just pick one. Jim Ryan. Yeah, I I don't believe he was much of a gamer. I think he was a businessman. He was overseeing Sony during probably one of their better console releases. So, I mean, you can't fault him for the success. I mean, the rollout was tough. He he endured a pandemic, got the system out there. Uh, we have a VR2 because of him, I would imagine. You know, whether or not you like it or not, he believed enough in it to make that happen. We got all these Sony pictures movies and shit coming out probably because of jim ryan uh he was probably somewhat involved in it right or had to approve something along the way or put his input in and uh the only thing i don't like that happened so far 
under him specific specifically what is is some of the notion to uh roll out a ton of games as a service stuff but like i i think like that's a great i think it's a great direction for part of the company for sure but don't take our great single player games and change them into games as a service which I think is what they try to do with The Last of Us. We'll talk about that later. I don't know if this is all Jim Ryan or his... I'm sure, surely, there's a ton of people involved in this. But, like, honestly, you can't really fault much of what has happened under him. I mean, everything's been pretty good for Sony lately. I mean, it's been a really good console uh, run. And uh, I think he did pretty good. So, I, I mean, I would give him an A. I mean, I don't think I could do better. Honestly, I don't know what I would do different than what happened with Sony over the over his tenure, his charge, you know, I I think he would get an A. I mean, I I'm just trying to think like what what would have I done differently with Sony? He said some stupid sh- he says stupid shit here and there when he talks to the press or when he talks to media and stuff, and maybe he's disconnected. But did we get our retro games? Yes. Did we get more tiers of PlayStation Plus? Yes. Do I love the way that it's structured? Not necessarily. Do I love the price hikes? Not necessarily. But are we still getting Spider-Man 2? Are we getting all this good shit? Yes. And it's just like, what the fuck would have I done? I, I would have brought a Metro series back. I would have like, but he doesn't even fucking know what Metro is probably. You know what I mean? So, or not Metro, but Resistance. Sorry. I don't know. I, I don't have an issue with the guy. I know some people are, are kind of sour on him. But uh, he he clearly put work in, so he gets an A. That's fine. I'm fine giving him an A. I, I have no, I have nothing really to compare him to, except for that last guy. Yeah, I don't know. I would say probably, I would say B plus or A minus is probably good, just because this is taking into account that we'd have no idea what is going to happen with. Uh, with the a lot of the games and programs that he's greenlit because a lot of that stuff hasn't come out yet with the live service stuff and everything but i would say like assuming that it's all passable mm. then you're gonna have probably a tenure that i would consider to be b plus a minus just for, for the pandemic stuff alone the fact that he was able to keep the console thriving in that market um, now, to be fair, I think that I, a lot of people give him credit for that, and I think that he does have credit in terms of how he was able to get the consoles to market, but I think that the pandemic itself actually boosted console sales generally because people were at home. So I don't think that you can necessarily c- attribute a lot of the sales to him so much as you can attribute his ability to get the manufacturing process going and get consoles actually to consumers um i will say that there is i do have a little bit of a you know a i don't want to say it's a beef but if i had to give him a little bit of a black mark it's just some of his some of the way that he's talked over the years about like um just you know, old games and believing in generations. And uh, I don't know. I mean, he's not, he's not a very 
charismatic person. Right. So he tends to come off a little bit kind of, I don't know. Most people, I think, just are kind of meh. He's a suit, Jim man. Ryan as a you person. Know? So, but I think as as a CEO or whatever the fuck he was, I would say that, yeah, you could probably give him a pretty positive score for, for his tenure. The full four years or whatever he was there, I think he did a pretty good job. You could do a lot of damage. <laughs> and uh, I don't think he really did much damage. So, yeah, very good. All right, so good. So high high scores from us, Big Box. Even though I don't don't like him taking my very uh, uh, adored single player games and trying to fucking turn them into this games. I get it, but I don't I don't like it. Anyways, he still gets an A from me. So it is what it is. Um, next up, J1 writes, let's not forget. He writes on episode 296, Jim Ryan Swang Song, which you can tune into if you want. Uh, J1 writes, let's not forget about that Star Wars Eclipse game from Quantic Dream that might get canceled. I haven't seen anything about this game getting canceled or that Quantic Dream's in, in trouble. I know that this game, we got an update in June that they were advancing development on this game. And, you know, there's a good chance, you know, my understanding is that this game is like, at least a year or two away, probably two years, honestly, out still. So I don't know. Jake, have you heard anything about Quantic Dream and their studio? Uh, I, as far as specifically the um, – the, I, I, I can't remember the context of this question. Do you know what he's responding to specifically? I'm not certain. Um, I, I, Maybe I was talking about The Last of Us shit and being worried about Naughty Dog, you know? And he's probably like, let's not forget about the Star Wars game for Quantic Dream. That could get canceled, too. So, mm-hmm. okay. I, I don't know if this was a... if it, I guess the reason why I was a little bit confused, because that I thought that was a Sony-specific conversation, and Quantic Dream is not a Sony studio. But um, Quantic Dream is doing that Star Wars game, and that they made that trailer that looked pretty cool with like the freaking tribal guy beating the drum and shit. But like, uh, they when they announced it, they were like, "This game's like five years away." Yeah, it's a long ways off. So, so it's probably not. I mean, it'll be every bit of two more years, I'm guessing. If it's if it doesn't get canceled, like J One is saying, um, I haven't heard anything about it in a long time though. So. How I, I don't know. It might get canceled. It very well might. I, I haven't seen any specific news about it, but I could have just missed it, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And then J1 goes off on this next post. Jake, you bringing up the Toxic Adventure must have really got J1 being nostalgic for certain kinds of movies. I'm just going to read through it because, I don't know, I think this is an incredible list of uh, shit that he's just rolling out here. So, And he did write the show. So, J1 writes... I really love remembering Larry Cohen made movies like Maniac Cop 1, Maniac Cop 2, Maniac Cop 3, The Stuff, Q and more. Also, Full Moon Entertainment movies like the Puppet Master series, Transfer series, Demonic Toy series, Killjoy series, and others. Plus, you guys mentioned the Toxic Adventure reboot movie. I remember it came from Troma Entertainment. Movies like Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD, the Toxic Adventure series, Class of Nukem High series, and etc. Dude, this dude, J1, I think we found what you're about. Like, for you to know all those movie titles, you're like a total, uh, 
B-movie fucking Halloween dude, and I'm cool with that. Like, I think I am. So, that's cool. I haven't heard... I've heard of the Puppet Master movies. I don't know the stuff or Maniac Cop. Uh, I'm not familiar with Killjoy or Demonic Toys or Trancers. I have heard of Toxic Avenger. I don't know anything about Kabuki Men, NYPD. Uh... (laughs) Class of Nukem High, no idea. So a lot of this stuff, I think, are they're, they're deep cuts, but they're probably pretty well known amongst like the indie indie film people. But um, that seems like a pretty solid list. You have to write back and let us know: Are these all like horror movies and scary movies, or what? What kind of genre are these? I, I'm guessing based on this that they're kind of like uh, fun, fun, bad. They're probably like Halloweeny, scary, movies, creepy you know? movies. Yeah, like kind of cheap, cheesy intentionally campy movies i'm hoping but yeah dude that's that looks awesome so thanks for writing in that list jake are there any on there that strike a chord with you that he listed do you know any of those movies dude i don't honestly know most of them <laughs> yeah, me i mean either. i know toxic avenger obviously because i brought it up um and i have heard of the puppet master but i haven't literally heard of any of the other movies on this list so Maybe I'll have to check some of them out because I do enjoy those types of movies from time to time. And it is the season right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's awesome. So thanks for all of those uh, recommendations, Shay one So we're going to get on with the news. Every episode we talk about the news, PlayStation News, a hit. Um, we might be a little late on some news. We may be on time. We're not breaking news. We're just uh, pretty much combing the internet for news stories that I find interesting or Jake finds interesting, bring them up on the show, have discussion about them, and then we get on, get on with the day. So uh, the first news point, and all these came from Push Square this week, and normally most of them do because they're they're like a very good PlayStation website. Um, but so the news that that the first news point is Persona Collection. Jake, which is going to include Persona 5 Royal, Persona 4 Golden, and Persona 3 Portable, is now available and bundled for your ease of enjoyment for PS5 and PS4. What? I mean, I don't even know. How much is it? I don't know. I don't know what it costs. All I know is that I am not that Persona dude, but I know you like Persona. The Persona collection is $90. Wow. So here's what I would say. Um, Persona 4 Golden and Persona 5 Royal are both definitely worth playing. I especially, I mean, I, I loved Persona 5, but it's very long. So if you're not interested in playing a game that's 120 hours long, then maybe check out Persona 4 Golden. Because I, I personally think Persona 4 has a better story. But I think that the gameplay in Persona 5 is better because it's just they modernized everything. Um, Persona 3 Portable, though, like, the Persona 3 Remake, Persona 3 Reload, is coming out in, like, two months. So I wouldn't even bother with this. Um, I've never played Persona 3, so Persona 3 Reload is going to be kind of, like, my first experience with it. But the thing that's kind of held me off, I've really, I love the concept of it, but the thing that's really kind of held me off is just the, the way that they the way that I've been told the the dungeon system works, it just sounds awful to me. So I'm hoping that they kind of revamp that a little bit in Persona 3 Reload so that I can enjoy it. But um, I don't know, man. I 90 bucks 
is it worth 90 bucks? Probably. It's probably worth $90. Is it worth $90 to me? No. If I was going to look at this list, I would just buy the port of Persona 4 Golden and just not buy the rest of it. But that's because I already own Persona 5. I don't own Royal, and I really do want to see the extra content with the added character and everything. But to me, it's like it's not worth another hundred hours of playing this game right and because it because i i played persona 5 pre-royal i played persona 5 through twice and even playing the second time in new game plus mode with all this money and all this gear and all this shit it still took me almost 90 hours to beat the game so and that was the second playthrough i just it's it's too long but the games are if you're into jrpgs they're awesome they're so good so i guess that's really all i have to say about that yeah i i dabbled in persona 4 golden and the the dungeon system in that just seems so rinse and repeat to me or maybe it's persona 3 might have been persona 3 on vita i don't know what well it was. persona persona 4 golden was the one that was really big on vita then that's so I don't what know it was that's the, so the thing about Persona 4 Golden that a lot of people forget is that it Persona 4 was originally a PS2 game. And if you play the dungeons in that game, it very clearly looks like a PS2 game. And Well, you have to play the dungeons. So, you can't not do it. But them. you have to. You have to, right? Now, I will say that um, I think that the dungeons are the worst part of that game. But I, uh, I don't know. The dungeons in Persona Five are so much better; it's unbelievable, just in the way that they play. Yeah. However, I think that it's worth. I I don't want to say that for everybody, but I think that for people that are interested in JRPGs, it's the dungeons are worth the slog to get an amazing like character building and story and and all this other stuff. So, but that's really. It's really going to be person to person whether or not you can jive with the the gameplay because yeah. it can be a little bit stifling those those older JRPGs. Very good, very good. All right, well, thanks for that input, Jake. Since you you know way more about it than me, and that's why I included it on here because I figured you'd have something to say about it. Uh, the next the next point of news, which I thought this was kind of like a uh, strange this is a strange rollout or like a strange introduction so an interesting announcement nonetheless if if you're a ps plus premium or deluxe member you now will gain access to 100 movies to stream on demand at zero cost through the sony pictures core app which is available now on playstation the app was previously titled the the bravia core and was featured on the Sony Smart TVs. And all you have to do if you own a PlayStation is download the app, which is called the Sony Pictures Core app on the PS5, create an account, and link it with your PS5. And if you're, so long as you're a plus premium or deluxe member, you can stream movies for free there. Now, this could be the reason for that price bump on PS Plus. But the free streaming is not available for PS Plus extra users. So, 
it was kind of weird. Like I have a I have a Netflix app, I have a Peacock app, I have a Hulu app, I have a YouTube app, I have God, I don't even know. I used to have a Paramount app and now Sony is getting in on the game and they're gonna have the Sony Pictures Core app. But if you're paying for premium or deluxe plus, then you're kind of uh, able to get access to some free movies through this app. And uh, some of the movies that I saw listed were, were pretty good ones. Like Django was on there and stuff like that. So um, I don't know. I Interesting. Are you going to get this app, Jake? Do you know about this even? I mean, I don't have PlayStation Plus Premium, so no. And to be honest with you, I don't really watch movies or even that much TV. So chances are this isn't really useful for me. Um, what do we have? Essentials? We have extra. We have extra. Right. I... I I would really like to start actually canceling a lot of my subscriptions, and I, I personally because they they're they're increasing the price of Netflix again. Jesus, if Christ. it were up to me, I'd just fucking cancel Netflix. I'd cancel everything but Hulu. See, but I uh, but Sarah, there's some stuff that she likes to watch on Netflix, like Riverdale and stuff, which. I don't really care for, but she likes to watch it. Otherwise, I would just cancel it and then resubscribe whenever we want to watch Stranger Things or something like that. But uh, more often than not, I, I watch Hulu more than anything. I mean, I think I even still have HBO Max from whenever I watched The Last of Us, and I just need to cancel that because we haven't even used it. Um, we might even have Disney. Fuck. I got to go around and start canceling shit. I think we might have Disney Plus, too. Um problem is is that we you subscribe to this thing and then they make it a pain in the ass to cancel it so you're just like ah fuck it and then you like don't even deal with it it's and then uh they're counting on that yeah and some some dude sometimes it's not even a pain in the ass to cancel it's just like out of sight out of mind like and and then when you think about it you're like ah it's fucking 10 bucks i'll I'll just do it next month you know what i mean and then like yeah you just don't ever get to it and they just take your money I, I subscribed, and they do this with software now, too. So Adobe, Photoshop, and Premiere and stuff, you, you pay a, a yearly subscription, or you can go monthly. It's cheaper to do it yearly, but then you got to pay it all up front. And the Cheetu Box, which is a 3D printing software, they have a basic um, Cheetu Box, uh, which is free, but then they have a pro version where you, where you can like manipulate the files a little more. If you're not familiar with how to use Blender, I mean, you can, c- you can cut stuff and stuff right there on the on the build plate before you save the file. And that premium Cheetah box is ten bucks a month, and I subscribed to that. And I did it when I was doing prints for my buddy Mike Fritz in exchange for album art, and I was printing all this alien shit because I had to print. I printed this console, so maybe the viewers can see. Um, hold on one second. Uh, this is like a. Uh, for a tabletop gaming, it's like this big fucking computer console that I printed. The problem was, is when you print these things, um, it uses a lot of resin because you don't want this whole thing to be solid, right? So you got to cut holes in the bottom. So when it prints, this is all hollowed out um, right in here. But then you have to make sure you can rinse it out and stuff. And when it's on the plate and stuff, you have to build, you have to put holes in it. So I had to put holes. I don't know if you can. There's like a line through the, the center of it. I had to mm-hmm. I had to cross section it, cut it apart, and put holes on this bottom part so I can make this bottom part hollow. And I couldn't do it with this part because there was no good place to punch a hole in the top half without it being visible. So the top part's solid and the bottom part isn't. But to make a simple cut like that, 
Cheetobox Pro allowed me to go ahead and just do that pretty simply. Um, splice splice an existing STL file, cut it in half, save both parts of it, punch holes in one hollow one part out, and print it like that. Cheetobox Regular doesn't let you do that kind of stuff. But and long story short, we're talking about subscriptions. I subscribe to it every month. They're taking ten bucks from me, and I, I got to figure out how to fucking unsubscribe because I don't use it anymore. I just use the basic version now. Because um, a lot of the files that I have aren't that big, or the ones that I buy are already pre-hollowed and stuff for S, for uh, resin-based printing. So. Anyhow, I could do it all in fucking Blender too, but Blender is, controls really weird. If you've ever fucked with Blender, dude, it is weird to use. Um, it's not very uh, user friendly. You have to watch like thirty fucking how-to videos on YouTube to make a simple modification to an existing three D file. Um, but anyways, moving on to the next point, dude. The next point is gonna piggyback on what I have already kind of gone on a rant about last episode. And, you know, here's the thing, Jake. I, I thought about my my tirade about Naughty Dog since the last show. And uh, I'm going to hold firm on my, on my stance. And uh, there seems to be some news leaking out now about a possible The Last of Us 2 remaster. And I'm so baffled by this. Uh, you know, The Last of Us 2 came out in 2020. So, <sighs> Naughty Dog's plans to release factions, were they scuttled by Sony so that they can now finish up The Last of Us 2 remaster and get that released first? And then they'll have even more foundation to launch factions over? Or, what is go? What, what is this about like what is going on with naughty dog like first of all first of all i think nowadays people are just slinging the word remaster around like it doesn't fucking mean anything anymore and it's it's not a remaster they're just re-releasing the game for ps5 that's all they're fucking doing is making a native ps5 you think so or you know this i would stake money on it i don't know this for sure but I would almost stake money on it that it's ju- all that it's going to be is a PS5 re-release. They might up-res it or something if it if the original version wasn't in 4K or something like that. But it's not going to be like a remaster like when they freaking you know remaster movies and albums and shit that were from 20 years ago. Like I think that they're just because they're doing this thing now where. Two years after a game, three years after a game comes out, there. Let's say it comes out next year. It'll be four years after oh the game comes my out. God, it's like that's not a remaster. You're just literally you're porting it to PS5, and you might upres it or something did like that. Did you see what they did for the Last of Us remake? Like we had the Last of Us, then we had the Last of Us came out on PS3, and then we had the PS4 version, and then we got a Last of Us remake, or we had a remaster. Sorry. And then I believe we had a Last of Us. I don't know. We had something. We had like three or four fucking versions of the original Last of Us. But the most recent one that Naughty Dog did, that, that we were like, dude, this is way too soon. Like, what? The work they did, did on the that Last game. Us, what's that? We did the Last of Us remastered in to the, for, for PlayStation 4. And I think that's all this is. Is where it's just like, it's for the new console. It's up-resed. 
so it looks a little bit it looks a little bit better a little bit higher resolution maybe the frame rate's higher but it's not it's not like you know they're not remaking anything they're not redoing models or anything like that or recapturing motion or or doing anything like that the last of us Part one, I guess you could call it, which came out last year. That's the, year the one I'm thinking that. of. Go ahead. Yeah, thank you. That one was more of a – that one was more of a, if you want to call it a deep remaster, borderline on – I don't know that I would necessarily call it a remake just because they didn't actually remake the game. Right. They just – maybe they redid some models and – Textures recaptured a few things and textures and things like that, but they didn't remake the game, they just reskinned it some sections of it. So, I think that's like between a remaster and a remake. And then a remake <laughs> is something like fucking Final Fantasy 7 remake, where they literally remade the game from scratch, or you know, I so I don't know, I just hate these terms. I think that they're Pointless. It's like, an excuse this, to re-release something again. It's like I'm gonna, the, the, I'm gonna do this. Yeah, with I think that again. this, this, whatever this is for for the Last of Us Part Two, is. I don't think it's like a a heavy lift for Naughty Dog by any means. God, I like, hope they're not. literally just porting it over, and they're just like, okay, well, yeah, now it runs at sixty frames at four K on PS Five. There you go. And then when the Last of Us Three comes out, they're gonna have to re remake Last of Us Part One. This is going to be The Last of Us Part 1 yeah. upgraded. Well, the, well, part of the thing about The Last of Us Part 1 was they, they reused some of the... Part 2's They, they used some of the models, the new models yeah. from Part 2 and put them in Part 1 and, like, all this junk. But I... Uh, and they changed know, Ellie's man. face. I, no, I'm just kidding. Like, I get <laughs> why they're doing all of this, but to me it's like... I don't know. I'm just over they're it. They're just doing it for continuity. Like, I'm... Like and they're probably gonna do this. They're probably gonna try to coincide whatever this is with the release of the second season of The Last of Us on HBO, and because they saw a huge sales spike in The Last of Us Part One yeah. because of the TV show, so it's probably just a, a a marketing plan. I don't I don't think that it's really anything special for people like us who have actually already played the game. But do you want already, Naughty Dog to be doing this in right now? Like, no. But I don't think that what I'm. I guess what I'm driving at is that I don't think very many of their staff is working on this. Yeah. I don't think that this is like, you know, batting down the hatches. All 400 employees at Naughty Dog are working on fucking The Last of Us Part Two remaster for PS5. <laughs> I think it's like, you know, they 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 pushed a team off into a corner and was like, hey, upres this and. And make it run a little hotter on PS5, and then while we work over here on The Last of Us Part Three, or or factions, or freaking whatever their new IP is, or whatever that is, I don't know. To me, it's like, uh, and this is basically what I said last week: is that there's no point in really, there's no point in having concern about any of this until we have any amount of like product or or leak or evidence that even proves that there's an issue there i mean i think that the the thing about the last of us factions has more to do with 
its marketability than whether or not it's actually a good game. I mean, I would almost stake my paycheck on the fact that it's probably a great game. They just probably can't make a ton of money on it for whatever yeah. reason, and that's why Bungie put the kibosh on it. So, um, I don't know. <laughs> just that fucking sentence kills me. The Last of Us Factions is probably a great game, but they can't make money, which is why Bungie put the kibosh on it. Like, what the fuck world are we living in? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But it's true. That's probably what happened. So, all right. More Naughty Dog news, Jake, about all of this shit going on. And some of you may say, well, Fred, you were asking for Naughty Dog news. You wanted to know what the fuck was going on. Well, here's the deal. Uh, additionally, Anders, Anders Howard has left Naughty Dog. He was the employee who was charged with figuring out how to get factions to make money. <laughs> this seems to make me believe the faction is 100% dead and not happening. And along with that news, uh, per Kotaku, without really – they didn't verify the source or tell us who the source was. They didn't name a source, but they said people familiar with the situation at Naughty Dog – are indicating that Naughty Dog, Naughty Dog has made some job cuts as well, and the contracted workers, who weren't employees, but rather contracted, were being pressured to keep the news quiet. And they say at least fit, at least 25 people have been let go. And this is my, my input, including contract workers, apparently, if they're being asked to keep quiet about it, um, who aren't officially employees. So Naughty Dog now has let go, rumored to have let go 25-some people, and Anders Howard, the guy who was supposed to be the guy with the charge of making factions be profitable as a game as a service, has, has now left the studio as well. So there's obviously some behind-the-scenes, I don't want to say restructuring, I don't know if 25 people, is, but like... They outsourced probably some work to some contractors. They had some people doing some work for them, probably on factions. And they were just like, listen, for now, we're tabling this. You know, Anders Howard, until we find a way to make money on this thing, we're going to put it on the back burner. You guys are involved in this project. I'm sorry. We're letting you guys go. You know, we don't need you at the moment. And that's probably what happened. I'm not an apologist for what's going on. And that's the video game industry. And if you're a contract worker, you're not even really getting fired, really. You're just being told there's no more work for you here. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm guessing, and I and I thought I had heard somewhere that they're like, you know, they're contract workers and doing probably QA and stuff like that for whatever, uh, let's say factions. And as far as Anders Howard goes, like I wonder. So there's two ways to think about this. Naughty Dog really wanted to make a live service game and fucked it up. Mm. Or Naughty Dog really wanted to make a multiplayer game, a multiplayer Last of Us game. Sony management came in and said, oh, let's make this one of our live service games. Here's Anders Howard to help you. And then things didn't quite pan out. Bungie comes in and is like... (laughs) There isn't enough. There isn't enough here to to keep to keep uh, the churn going to keep people engaged over long periods of time, and this thing kind of gets put on the shelf. You can imagine a situation where like like the core Naughty Dog group Mm -hmm. is thinking like we didn't want to make this a fucking live service game to begin with. 
we just wanted to make an expanded like factions universe or something. You know what I mean? And that's the thing that we don't know. So is this a failure because Naughty Dog was asked to make something they didn't want to make mm-hmm. or asked to transform their project into something that it wasn't intended to be by you know the 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 big heads at Sony mm. because they wanted a live service out of their most uh influential IP let's say and cuz you can imagine the 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 guys in the suits freaking licking their chops about how like oh well let's what if the last of us was a live service game and we can really reel people in, especially after something like the TV show or whatever. Mm. And you can imagine the the people at Naughty Dog being like, "We don't make games like this." Like they're they're clearly competent in making multiplayer competitive multiplayer games. I mean, the Uncharted multiplayer was, fun. was pretty good, and Factions the Last of awesome. Us multiplayer was fucking amazing. Yeah. So, at least the factions mode, the survivor mode, um, but. I don't know. I this whole story like it, there's a lot of there's a lot of speculation and and doubt casting and all this kind of stuff in all from me. me wonders, like, it's me, dude. I'm- it's not just you. It's not just you. It's a lot of people thinking yeah. it. And and I just wonder my big thing is this, is just like could it just be that a studio was asked to do something that they didn't want to do or that they're not that's not their bread and butter Mm -hmm. and it ended up being a failure i mean think about the industry wide right now all these live service games that are coming out and failing because the studios that were making them that's not what they do like that babylon's fall game from freaking platinum Mm -hmm. like platinum doesn't make games like that and they made a freaking uh they made babylon's fall which was doa i mean it was the it was a steaming pile of doo-doo and I think it was uh, – who's making that Hyenas game? Is it Sega or something like that? I don't know who's making it. Um, Like that game I think just got canceled. And it was like way into development. It was going to be a new live service game, but it was like being made by a studio that doesn't make fucking live service games. So it's like – I don't know. I To me it seems like they would be better off doing something like a Haven or uh, – Oh, what's the studio that's making the the like retro space looking one? Um, Concord, whatever it's called. Con- yeah, the, the, I don't remember who. Firewalk. Um, they'd be better off like starting up a studio specifically designed to make these types. Right, of games, and that was rather than like yeah. trying to force a studio, a narrative powerhouse like Naughty Dog, who like specializes in curated single player experiences, and just being like, hey. What if we took that and you could put like freaking, uh, you know, a Goku skin on and run around and blow away clickers? Mm-hmm. And it's like, OK, this is this is just fucking stupid. Well, that was kind of my know. my only my only gripe about Jim Ryan. Like, I think games as a service is a fun direction to take some some studios and stuff, but not your crown jewel studios. You know, I, let them keep doing what they're good at. Like, I understand broadening horizons and maybe, but I mean, like, we're talking video game development. You know what I mean? Like, these games take so long to make. Like, 
you better be sure you have the right studio for the right job. And I just think that there was there was some I don't know. There 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 were some jobs left with the wrong studios. And it's frustrating, but I I think it will take more than that to derail Naughty Dog completely. Uh, now, if Druckmann leaves, that's not a good sign. You know, I feel like he loves that studio and like his heart is in that studio. But he's got a taste of filmmaking now, and like, who knows? You know what I mean? Like, and with with all the bullshit, okay, could you imagine being the head of Naughty Dog and how much how much energy it takes because how passionate they are to make something of quality and then to put years of your life into factions and direct this thing and get it exactly where you want it to have Bungie come in or someone come in and be like nope like and and we don't know the rest of that story the rest of that sentence maybe it's nope maybe later or maybe it's Nope, not as a games of service, but let's turn this into this. Or maybe it's like, nope, we're scuttling this completely. You guys got to do something else. Can you imagine how deflating to a creative and to somebody who's recently taken over the studio as far as being in charge, like Neil Druckmann? Can you ima- can you imagine how stressful and shitty that must be? Like, especially when, like, you have a lot of people who are counting on you to put out another top-tier game that to just have the wind completely taken out of your sails. Like, they've been done kind of dirty by Sony here. And I'm just, I, you know, as a, as a person, I don't know. I mean, if, if, if Naughty Dog loses, I'm, I'm just speculating. There's no indication that he's going to leave. But, like... Dude, if I had done everything that Druckmann has done for that studio and for Sony, and then to be two and a half years, maybe even three years into development of this game, and to have it just shut down, um, like I said, there's probably more to that story. I, I, it would leave a bad taste in my mouth. I, w- I would just be really disappointed. Yeah. I don't know. I think that my biggest concern that's related with what you're talking about is just like how many – Naughty Dog employees. This, I feel like we maybe would have heard about this a little bit, but how many Naughty Dog employees um, left because they're like, I didn't join Naughty Dog to make a live service game. Right. There could have been just straight up people leaving. You know, like I, I wanted to make that wouldn't make the, the Last of Us, or I wanted to make Uncharted, or I wanted to make whatever the new brainchild of that group is in the single player space, like. I know that The Last of Us Part Two was a pretty divisive game from a story perspective, but you can't deny that in terms of like pure production value, it is probably the greatest game ever made. Or at the very least, it's close. And so... I'm sure that they attract talent specifically to work on that type of stuff and then to be like, oh, well, how about instead we, you know, make a game that has to be inherently less curated because we want it to be more content driven. And if I'm being honest, so, yeah, right. 
dude, people could leave. And would would you not agree with me? And you don't have to, but the parts of the single player Naughty Dog games that have come out recently that I like the least have been the more open worldy parts. Yeah, definitely. So that's not what like, they that was do. A big, that was a that was a big reason why I didn't particularly care for um, uh, Lost Legacy. Lost Legacy, because that whole game was centered around just an open world area, and it's and I was just like, I don't. This is not why I play Uncharted. Right. Like I wanna, I want you to tell me a story. Like I don't want to be driving around in a car, fucking going to outposts and shit. Like I'll, I'll play Far Cry if I want to do yeah. that, or I'll play, you know. Uh, right. whatever. And there were parts, so, dude, there were parts of last of us too. That seemed way too open for me when you're riding around the horse with Ellie and whoever the girlfriend is, I forget her name. Yeah. And you're in that city and then it's just like, you got the map and it's like, you can go here, you can go here, you could go here, you can go here. And then once you get to those locations, like little things happen, but like, I don't want that. I want them to just be like, you're here now play through this linear thing and make it cinematic and awesome because that's what I'm in for. And like they did the same thing with Uncharted 4 when you're driving the fucking thing around, the the Jeep around and you got to attach the rope yeah. and you got to fucking do the 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 winch stuff and it's just like dude, those are the my least favorite parts of your games. And I think the majority of people would agree. So then to make them be a really open world kind of game, like let's do factions open world and it's like we have the division you know, it's post-apocalyptic and it's a fucking shooter and it's really good. So, I mean, I, I understand like there is something about being able to live in that world and trying to survive in the mm-hmm. world of the last of us. But I don't know. I think, you know, some things need to just be let, like, you just need to let it, let it rest. Like, why are we getting five fucking un- or Horizon games? Like, I I don't know. Like, I'm going to be so sick of Horizon by the end of this console generation. Did it's you even play the DLC probably. for Horizon Two, Forbidden Shores? No. Neither did I. Or Burning Shores? Yeah. yeah. No, I I, uh, I I did not play it, and it's the same reason why I'm kind of him hawing about Phantom Liberty. It's mm. like I played that game a year ago. Like, I don't want to jump back in. And that and that one, you have to beat the game to play the DLC. Horizon, you so, did, right? Yeah, so I, it may be something that maybe before the next Horizon game, I might jump in and play the DLC real quick without playing the other, the rest of the game, just to kind of get that interstitial story component. Yeah, but I, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a interesting thing. Well, time will tell. We'll, we'll hear more about all of this. I am positive. Jake, speaking of cyberpunk. 2077 this was music to my ears and very good news the team behind phantom liberty that dlc for cyberpunk 2077 is also and the patch 2.0 is also the team who will be leading the charge for the sequel to cyberpunk Um, this was announced at cd project red's investor presentation and uh, there is also a live action adaptation of cyberpunk 2077 in the works I will say that they have said that, I mean, they're just in the earth. They haven't even touched the computer yet with making the new cyberpunk game. They haven't even, haven't even done any code yet. They're just 
early stages. What's the story going to be? Let's figure out what we're doing with the game. That's where they're at. So we're talking PlayStation 6, you know, at this point. For, Definitely. For the sequel to Cyberpunk. So, but the team that is in, that, that, in my opinion, has done a fucking top tier job with Phantom Liberty. Uh, the story, if, if they're involved for this, uh, oh man, we're, we're going to be, we're going to be good because the, the, the groundwork has been laid with Cyberpunk 2077. Now, as far as the game running correctly, and they, they probably have a better understanding of what they've created. It can only get better. It's uh, than, than Cyberpunk 2077, right? It can only get better. Like The Witcher 1, The Witcher 2 is better than Witcher 1, Witcher 3 is better than Witcher 2. What's that? If the, if the next Cyberpunk game comes out on PS6 and they they insist on shoehorning it onto PS5, you know, they could do the same thing all over again. I would hope that they would have learned from their mistakes by then, Fuck. but yeah. it's definitely uh, hard to say. But I don't know. It's cool that they're making it. It seems like maybe they might have split. They might have like two teams, maybe a Witcher team and a Cyberpunk team, which is pretty cool. Yeah, they have a van, they have it. a they have a Boston studio now. CD Projekt Red opened up a new studio in the U.S. Remember? So yeah, I think that's the studio that did the the Phantom Liberty shit. So fuck, man, they are they are good. That's all I can say. Uh, like I said, Van Liberty, I'm, I am hot on it. I'm, uh, it's something else. All right. Uh, so the next news point is, you know, we talk about layoffs a lot on the show lately, at least. And unfortunately, um, every episode, this comes up lately. And there's more to announce uh, this episode. So Telltale Games has laid the majority of their employees off per a tweet from... J. Jonah jo- Jonasson, uh, former employee or employee at Telltale, um, who indicated that, you know, this person can't report the status of The Wolf Among Us 2 due to NDAs. And this comes off of the critically well-received Telltale game, The Expanse, uh, which is done really well, critically, but I don't know what kind of money they're making on it. Um, but Jeff Keeley reached out to Telltale and got a statement from them, which was announced. And it says, uh, quote, due to current market conditions, we regrettably had to let some of our Telltale team go recently. We do not take this action lightly, and our commitment to storytelling and finding new ways to do so remains the same. We are grateful to everyone for the dedication along this journey, and we are working to support everyone impacted. All projects currently in development are still in production, and we have no further updates at this time. End quote. Telltale. I don't know how many people the the um, tweet seems to be that a lot of people were laid off, but we don't have any numbers and we don't know what's going on. So that's a shame because the studio seemed to have got things turned around a little bit and they put out a good game. Um, how many how many times can a studio die? I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I, I mean, honestly, I, I do hope they succeed because I would like to, I am interested in, I completely forgot about the expanse, but I do want to play that. And I am interested in the wolf among us Two, season two or whatever. Um, so this is kind of a bummer if I'm being completely honest with you, but I don't, I just don't know that the industry wants these types of games anymore. 
And like, if you think about even something like the, the, um, the anthology that, that you really like, uh, the the Man of Dan and dark pictures. Yeah. Like even those super, like they're not, they're not selling tons of copies. Like people aren't, you know, crawling all over each other to play those games and they're in the same kind of ballpark. Um, so I don't know. Uh, it's, it's tough and it sucks that these people are losing their jobs, but I just have not seen any buzz about telltale at all. Other than the, the few random news points that we see from them from time to time. So I guess from a business perspective, it's not entirely, surprising that they're laying off people just considering it's not like I've seen any real uh, buzz around them recently as sad as that is because these games might be great and I and like I said I am very interested in the in a couple of them but I don't know I don't know if you have any opinions on that or not but I don't know when the last time was you oh you were playing the Walking Dead recently so right Somebody's playing a Telltale game. Just, you know, The Walking Dead season one, which was, which is like, they peaked early, let's say, with that one. Because I don't think they've made a single game since then that could live up to it. Yeah. Unless you have a a differing opinion. Yeah, no, no. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting. I I really like the, the Telltale. Sorry. I'm, dude, this is so. Okay, Troy's in. Dude, so sharing a YouTube account with a band member? Fuck. He's trying to log in, and then I'm getting a security alert right now. Somebody's trying to access one of my land YouTube account. Confirm that it's you. And I'm like, okay, this is weird. And then Troy sends a message. Dude, the code's 97. Can you just indicate that, yeah, it's you and it's 97? So I do it. And I'm like, okay, got it. And he goes, now the code's 33. And I'm like, fuck, okay, hold on. And like the whole time you're talking, I'm sorry, I'm trying to get Troy into the one of my land. <laughs> He's trying to do some band shit. Uh, that was bad timing. But as far as the Telltale shit, man, I I think Telltale Skybound released the re-release of the Telltale games, I believe, right? Did not did Skybound re-release those, the definitive edition of The Walking Dead? Uh Probably. So I don't even know that Telltale has a hold on that series anymore. But those games are great. I loved them. And I st- I'm still going to play through them. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know, man. It is what it is. I don't know if I answered your question. I think I got it maybe a little bit. Sorry, I was so distracted with that fucking... No, no, you're fine. I was just curious if you had any input on, like... I said that I didn't think that they were... They're probably not going to be like I haven't heard. There hasn't really been any buzz around Telltale in a while. No, there hasn't. No. So, so like it's it's as much as it saddens me. I'm not entirely shocked that they might have to lay off some people because they really mm. haven't made a game that's really really t- dominated the industry since Walking Dead season one. Right, and they've been chasing that high ever since. To the point where they actually destroyed their studio the first time around. Yeah. And now it seems like they have a little bit more management with Skybound, but, like, I don't know. The buzz is gone, though. They tackled like, way too many properties. Lost, 
yeah, people have kind of like lost interest in Telltale at this point. So while their games might be good, they need something to break through again to get the zeitgeist back. They did a Gardens of Galaxy game. They did a Borderlands game. They did The Walking Dead. They did Batman. Batman. Among Us. Yeah. They did so many different properties and buying those licenses, like just tanked them. And you're right. They were chasing that high. So, yeah, hopefully they do all right and they can turn around. But I, I think they had done so that I know it's all new management and new employees and stuff there. But keeping the Telltale brand might have been maybe not the best move. They should have called it like, uh, I don't know, something else. I don't know. Long Tail Studios or something. I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> Furry Tail. Uh, dog Tail. Something. Cat Tails. Eh? Eh, cattail? Anyways, next news point, Jake. Uh, think that, like, this is interesting, because I didn't even realize this was a thing. Maybe you knew this. But Baldur's Gate 3 doesn't have a physical copy for PS5. It's only digital. So I didn't know that. So the marketing director at Larian Studios, Michael Douse, D-O-U-S-E, alluded in a tweet that it's possible that the studio is considering releasing this game physically. He tweeted a uh, photo of what Baldur's Gate 3 would look like as a physical release and said, anyone interested in this? <laughs> like, so uh, That's so interesting that they don't have a physical release. And the game is done so well. Isn't that weird? Uh, not really. I mean, most games are sold digitally now so i get it but i mean it's weird you would would think that you would think that they would sell more if they had a physical version too but i i think that a lot of these a lot of these studios now are really experimenting with the no physical model i mean alan wake's not going to have a physical version it's going to be cheaper at $60, but they're not going to do a physical version. So, I mean, this is just the beginning of the end for physical games. When you've got big games like Alan Wake and Boulder's Gate not releasing physical versions, and then they'll come out and they'll release some like boutique physical version of the game that costs like $100 or something like that. Where it doesn't even it's include got, the like, game. extra goodies and... Well, it might include the game, but it's, you know, but it's going to it's going to be like a special edition or something, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's not going to be a Although I could be wrong, maybe they'll just maybe they'll just make a plain Jane fucking PlayStation Five box with the a disc. Dude, in there's it. so much. But to me, it seems crazy. There's so much overhead with physical copies of anything. Like we know it from the music business. Like, could you imagine on a larger level paying for shipping? manufacturing someone has to do the fulfillment services on the orders someone has to do the distribution you you have to pay the stores essentially have to buy your shit up front to put them on their stores and then if you want like an end cap or any kind of displays it's extra fees and then you have to worry about making sure that then people want your shit enough and now that Baldur's gate 3 is sold so fucking well most people who really want the game already have it like they could be opening up a problematic situation here. They're probably just wondering, like, even if you guys already own it, because some people like to collect physical copies still. 
It's like, how many of you actually want this thing? Because it's going to, it's, it's going to be overhead for them to release this physically. So. I mean, I know that there's a, there's a, uh, what do you want to call it? Like a preservation aspect to this. Yeah. But the, the, the fact of the matter is that a lot of games now, they don't fully have the game on the disc anymore and you have to download part of it anyway. So right. what's the point? I mean, unless you want to look at a box on your shelf, which I can understand, but it's not surprising that Mm. Like to me, from a practical perspective, it just seems kind of pointless to have a physical disc unless you can get it like screaming cheap or something. But uh, I don't know. This is uh, it's it's telling, I think, that games as big as Boulder's Gate and, and Alan Wake are starting to opt out on the physical stuff. And I think it's something that we need to prepare for because I think that physical stuff is is going to go to the way of the dodo here. You know, you know, in the next few years. I mean, if you think about PC hasn't had a physical presence in 15 years. Mm. So it's just console gamers are the ones that are that are hanging on to this. And um, I don't know, like you don't see people with like their game collections where it's like those big ass fucking PC game boxes. Like I, it, it's just not a thing. Right. I mean, I'm sure that there are of, old like PC games. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there are old like PC game, like collectors and stuff that, that do that. But Archivists. I, don't know. I, I, I think that it's probably something that is a bummer for certain people, but I think for most people, it doesn't really matter. I will say this, and we'll move on to the, the last show topic, news point, rather. I, I just feel that, like, if you're going to do a physical release, maybe what these studios should be doing is almost like a, what do they call that, like, on-demand like I know like some bands will do on demand printing for shirts and they don't make any more than they know they're going to sell cuz they make it when the order comes through like what if they did like a pre-order for physical copies so they knew exactly how many to make but never they never get released to big box stores it's just like if you want the physical version you have to pre-order it and we'll mail you a copy and like here's Here's the thing that's interesting. That way they know they're not losing their asses and anyone who wants a physical copy can get it. Maybe to encourage people to do this or whatever in these open world fucking games that are like big RPGs, they somehow utilize some sort of back end back end fucking database or spreadsheet to name NPC characters that don't talk, right? They code them with F for female, M for male. They get a list of everybody who pre-ordered the physical version, and then when when the pre-order is over, they update that database so that every character in a certain town has the first first name, last initial of someone who pre-ordered the game. You can go fucking find your your character in the game as an NPC just walking around. That'd be fucking cool as shit. Like, yeah, it'd be neat if they could do some really interesting things like that. And I do think that you're right. I think that there is a market for this f- in like a pre-order capacity where it's like 
hey, you can pre-order this game and we'll make it to order. And maybe there's some sort of caveat like after within so many days of release, you can't cancel it because we've already made it Mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that 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 would be kind of a neat idea. Like if 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 um, like, let's say, I don't know, let's say the next uh insomniac game comes out wolverine they're like hey we want to do a physical version it's this like super slick fucking physical steel box or something like that really rad artwork yeah this is this is all we're gonna do it's gonna be maybe let's just say it's gonna be 15 20 dollars more and but if you pre-order it we'll make to order this game for you maybe you don't even have like your name inside of it or something something like something personal like, like that would be. I think that's kind of neat, and I and I know that there are companies out there that are doing like third party physical releases, like Limited Run and stuff. But I, uh, dude, Limited Run is a fucking joke. I mean, you order a game from there, and it takes you over a year to get it. Like yeah. that's insane to me. Well, I think that yeah, I think these big companies could very well take advantage of it, and then you know there might be a little bit of FOMO that they cause, like. Well, fuck, I have to pre-order this because I want, you know, I don't want to be the one who doesn't get the fucking physical version. Like, what if this game's fucking banging? Like, and then, like, you know, and then what happens to the aftermarket trade? You know what I mean? Like, like, let's say there's a game that nobody's heard of. They do this pre-order shit for physical games. You fucking get in from the ground and it turns out that this game is like the next among us. And you're like one of like 500 people that had the physical version of it because you supported it. Like, do you flip that? And like, it'd be so cool. I mean, there's it's there's a lot of other industries where they do these, like manufacturers, major manufacturers will do. Like, for example, it's not a um, Kickstarter. It's different than the kickstarting it. Like, yeah, like it's like gonna example, happen. Do you for want example, this or like not? The, the motorcycle manufacturer Ducati? Right, they're a huge motorcycle manufacturer. They're one of the biggest brands in the world outside of like Japan, essentially. And they very commonly will do a release of their Panigale V4, which is their top of the line sport bike, where it'll be like they do like this super veloce version or or super leggera. I'm sorry. And it's like it has like stamped right on the fucking triple clamp, like such and such of five hundred. Yeah. And it's like it's more money, obviously, and it's like the top of the line, the best of the shit, the best you can get, and everything. And I'm sure they're making it, you know, expensive so that it's worth their while. But there's only five hundred of those ever made, and so there's like incentive to own it. And it could be cool if they could utilize that in a little bit of a smaller, a lot smaller of a capacity in video games where it's like, hey, we're going to do a limited run of physical releases for the next Last of Us game. Or let's say they do like a collector's box set for The Last of Us. And it's like all three games physically in this slick fucking box. Yeah. And it's we're only making 10,000 of them. And don't do this thing where it's like we're only making ten thousand and it's five hundred dollars. Be like we're only making ten thousand and it's like a hundred bucks or a hundred and fifty bucks or something like that. 
The problem with gamers is that they're so fucking entitled that when they don't get one, they're like all whiny and shit until like the company then actually what they, re-releases Yeah, dude, it. what they need to do is but, not make it limited and just say it's a one-time ever. We'll take as many orders as we fucking right, get. You're right. We'll t- you're right. It should be like a window, though, like a time window right. where it's like up until release. Time limited. We'll make as many as you order, but... There's no limit to how many it. orders we're going to accept, but once... The clock strikes midnight on such and such day. You're out if you didn't order it. Yeah, like the, basically like um, like a lot of these high dollar pre order bonuses. Like if you think about uh, like for example, Starfield just came out. Their their like super pre order bonus was this really fancy smartwatch that was the same watch that you get in the game uh, when you join Constellation, and it's like. You I mean you remember all like the Fallout Four pre order with the Pit Boy and all that? It's like yeah, that once was that cool. happens, once once that pre sale is over, you cannot get those anymore, and that's cool. Why not do that with just the game itself? That might be kind of a novel idea. Once things go all digital, I don't know. I mean, I think you have a really good idea there. Thank you. I thought so too. All right, <laughs> let's let's move on. Well, what do the listeners think about that? Would you be down for that? I know, Jake, you push for the digital-only movement, and uh, this is a way to make everybody happy, right? Physical copies, you got to get in in on time. Digital copies, forever. That's genius. To be fair, I, I do believe that physical copies should be allowed to exist, and I don't think that it sh- – I don't necessarily believe that it should only be digital-only. But the thing that uh, that I struggle with is just like – it's super inconvenient. I prefer to only have digital games, and I hate that my console is more expensive because it has to house this fucking disk drive. So, like, yeah. and I get, oh, there's a digital-only PS5, but when I got my PS5, I could barely get one of them, let alone have my choice of the two. Right. So, I, I don't know. Yeah. All right, well, last news point, and this is a quick one, and then we'll get to the new games coming out this week. So... When they released the Red Dead Redemption remake, Red Dead Redemption 2 remake, or was it the first one? No, it was Red Dead Redemption 2? It was Red Dead Redemption. Right, sorry, yes. That's what I had in the notes, and I got confused. Um, When they released it, it wasn't running at 30. There's now a patch out that it runs at 60. Or it was only running at 30, Jesus. And now it's running at 60. So that has now been done. Thank you, Rockstar, but I don't think it's going to do much for most of us um so yeah nothing else to say about that so if you have the red dead redemption remake uh make sure you get that patch so you can play to 60 frames per second moving on we talk about new games every episode uh new games hitting the psn and uh we didn't talk about them last episode because for whatever reason we had already covered them somehow i don't with this new structure of our podcast and when we're releasing episodes it got a little confusing so Needless to say, the new list is October 10th. We're getting Blink and the Vacuum of Space on PS5. We're getting Builder Simulator on PS4. We're getting Little Gator Game on PS5, PS4. Long Gone Days on PS5. Roblox on PS4. It's a big one. River City Rival Showdown, PS4. Wild Card Football, PS5, PS4. October 11th, we are finally getting Honkai Star Rail. That's a big release as well. And uh, October 12th, we're getting Haunted House, PS5, PS4, Salt Sea Chronicles on PS5. And lastly, Friday the 13th, this Friday, 
we are getting Alphadia 1 and 2 on PS5, PS4, Desolatium on PS5 and PS4, Lords of the Fallen on PS5, and The Grinch Christmas Adventures on PS5 and PS4. Your little early Grinch, save it for November, please. Tired of seeing Christmas shit already in stores. Advertisements for Christmas trees already hitting, hitting my mailbox in my email account. Stop it. We're not even to Halloween. Or Thanksgiving. Wrong fucking month. Anyways, Jake, any of these games do anything for you? So Blink in the Vacuum of Space, is this supposed to be is this supposed to be a just a straight up rip of Blink's the Time Sweeper from Xbox? That I have no idea. I, I don't know if it is Blink's the Time Sweeper. He was like a cat who like literally has a broom or like a vacuum that like he uses to do this time shit. Like it's really fucking funny i I don't know um roblox obviously is a big one i think let me look here let me look let me look i'm looking to here i'm looking to here these river city games are people really like them yeah so that game might be pretty cool they're like beat-em-up style games started with river city ransom Uh, back in the day yeah and uh so that's pretty cool then uh, Honkai Star Rail obviously is neat. That's going to be that's free to play, right? Yep. The eleventh. Recording this on the seventh. Lords of the Fallen um, is a big game. I don't know if it's going to be any better than the, the first one. Was kind of meh, uh, Souls style kind of medieval game. So we'll see how this one performs. Then, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Little Gator game. Little Gator. Low Gator. So Honkai Star Rail will come out the day this podcast release. And, Is your uh, brother going to play that? He's so fucking knee deep in Genshin. I don't know. Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I might. Because it's the same dabble. developer. I don't know if he would be interested or not. I might dabble. Jake, this is episode 297. We have three episodes. In the third episode from today, we will hit 300. What the fuck are we doing? <laughs> are we going to do anything? I don't know, man. I we'll have to. I don't know. We'll do something. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll put on a hockey helmet and pretend to be a, a hockey guy. Jesus. <laughs> we we should do a live stream. I think of the podcast show. I don't know. It's I don't easy. Know if I want to do a live stream, is it though? Yeah. All I got to do is hit start streaming on here, and I'll manage the YouTube content. I just don't know that they're going to be able to hear us. Correctly. Is it even going to work though? Because you got that freaking all that menagerie going on in your computer to handle the audio the sound flower and the fucking obs and the the whatever mm-hmm. and all that i don't know like you can't be you can't be clicking around on your side because the, you've got the obs going and all that and <laughs> i don't know i don't know how we would do it live but- yeah, it's weird. We thing. might have to just know. take up a whole different format for episode 300. Is there any way to do a live video on YouTube that you can rope somebody else in with you? I have no idea. It's not really my... Because if we could do that, we would just do it that way and ditch the phony background here and just talk. I mean, people don't need that for 300. You know what I mean? They just give them the option to interact with us, I say. But, well, I'll, I'll try to look into it. 
All right. Well, that being said, listeners, if you're interested in us doing anything special for episode 300, let us know now or forever hold your peace. You might just get a regular episode where Jake is dressed like a hockey player. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. All right. And as far as closing, Jake, do you have anything that you uh, want to contribute? Um, I thought you might find it interesting that uh, – so one of my uh, one of my favorite metal bands is a band called Blind Guardian, and they're from Germany. And they posted on – they had an Instagram post recently – their drummer was at a event uh, playing Hero Quest. Oh man, which uh, I thought you would probably enjoy because um, you're a big nerd. So, so fucking awesome. You like the Hero Quest stuff, but yeah, he was like set up at a table with a game board and like all this shit, and he was he was giving it a go. So, and their 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 sort of shtick as the as a band is like they're super into lord of the rings and all that yeah. kind of stuff so they've got they got a whole freaking concept album called nightfall in middle earth which is just like a it's a lord of the rings concept album so they're they're pretty into that kind of stuff anyway and um it's cool to see that this guy like because i didn't you know outside of you i'd never really heard of or played hero quest or anything and Hero He's Quest is sitting here playing this game. It's worldwide so it's cool. for sure. Um, if you know, you it's know. probably honestly a lot more popular in Germany than it is here. Oh, it is. It's really it's really big in other in other countries as well. Yeah, um, they got all the expansions out that way. I think we only got two: Keller's Keep and Return of the Witch Lord, and uh, the other two we didn't get, which is the uh, something of Mor- Wizards of Morcar and. Uh, Forget the other expansion. Um, I had the fucking elf on it. I don't know what it, the elf quest expansion, but with the re-release of Hero Quest, Hasbro is now making all that shit available. Slowly, they're trickling out new expansion packs, which, of course, I'm all over. But yeah, Hero Quest is fun, man. I uh, just want to yeah let the listeners know falls approaching, and uh, you know the one up by land. Like I said, we put a Two, two fucking years into that record and for 10 songs and just recording and writing and doing it ourselves and getting our work in place and uh, the band is called One of By Land if you guys are interested head over to uh, our Bandcamp site which is oneofbyland.bandcamp.com or go to our link tree l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash oneofbyland I believe and it gives all the links to all of our different records and music and uh, ways to purchase and listen and watch our video. And uh, we do have another video in the works already. So for our next single on the record, which will probably drop right around the end of October. So the new album's called American Crows. Thanks, listeners. I know you guys are interested here and there about the music that I make. This is not the band that Jake is in. But uh, a band that I'm in with. Yeah, you're not any, making any fucking music videos for the band that I'm in. You don't see any <laughs> well, pictures of me with m- my face getting yeah, yeah. jammed with Would you have been agreeable anything? to that? Maybe. I'd, I'd do anything, man. I sent it, I'd I'd do anything once. I sent it to Keith, and he was like, dude, he goes, there's no fucking way I would have been agreeable to that. He goes, it, it's, I like the video. <laughs> he goes, but I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> Anyways, I get it. 
you know so go watch that video if you get a chance it's kind of fun to watch and the song's pretty pretty fucking dope so you should tell you should tell keith if uh if you let him if you if if he lets you throw pies and shit at him you'll go to the metal church concert with him. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's so funny yeah and he might let you do it then it's possible yeah he's he's desperate for someone to go with him um anyways dude that's it for the show uh go enjoy the rest of your week listeners and to our patrons who are subscribed thank you and i hope you are enjoying the early content and uh we'll see you next week in the meantime i guess like uh changing tide no far changing tides fuck this up all the time far changing tides fatal fury city of the wolves and flashback Two. p.s Yes. This is awesome. This is awesome.